1: I will call upon you to do a service
0: for me Play the Godfather Now at Chumpacasino.com Welcome to the family
2: VTW Group, no purchase necessary where prohibited by law See terms and conditions, 18 plus
3: He could play guitar just like a ring a bell Go Charles, go That would be one Chuck Berry, baby out with the big band orchestras and in with this new sound. It's like rock and roll Beethoven we're about to do on Dim Vinyl Boys this week. What's up? It's Gentry. I got DJ Ramo G in the house. What's up,
1: my man? How you doing?
3: We've got Memphis. What's up? in his awesomeness, my What's man. And of course, DJ Tomcat is behind the tables. Ready to rock. Let's go. Man, this guy is... I don't know if there's enough time to tell the entire story of Chuck Berry, but... Man, this guy's lived some kind of life. He lived to 90 years old. He really invented, he was like the conduit between blues and rock and roll. Most definitely. You could say he created rock and roll almost, and we'll get into all that. We've decided to do an album from 1959, released in the summer of 1959, and it was on Chess Records. Leonard Chess ran Chess Records out of Chicago. And he released this album in 1959. We don't have the original piece of vinyl. I wasn't willing to spend that much money uh, here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get the 1987 reprint. Cool. cool. Plus, it will be nice and clean. And not only clean because we have a nice copy of it from 1987, but because we got new needles on the turntable. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. New
4: needle Ready to carve it up All for right. the father of rock and roll. Yeah,
3: I would even say he's the godfather. Yeah. Of rock and roll, maybe. Like, is that a step higher? He's a step higher than the father of rock and roll.
0: I don't know, man. He's I, at the very he, top. He's just the shit. That's all I can take. All yeah, right, let's no, get not.
3: into it. Go ahead and drop the needle on it. I want to hear it. Brand new spanking. He wrote the songs, played the songs. We're trying to hear the songs. DJ Tomcat, of course, mm-hmm. in charge of the turntable. Uh you oh. Know, I'm almost grown.
1: Woo woo.
3: Yeah, and I'm doing all right in school. Things ah. that I broke no rules. Yeah. Never been in And so the title of this one is almost what Almost Grown. Almost Grown. The first song to kick off the album, Chuck Barry is on top. And the album cover has like a Sunday, a bunch of ice cream bunch of strawberries on top that would be the berry on top
2: <laughs>
3: the story about Chuck Berry when he first started performing he put an "n" at the very end of his name so it was like Chuck Berrien which he did that because his father was a preacher man and you know he was playing the devil's music
0: oh his dad didn't like it yeah nah that wasn't the thing back in the day You going to hell
3: of course yeah
0: you know, Everybody he, was
4: going to help everything.
3: That's true. Time. Yeah.
4: because well, We still are. But now we see it as like a gift, you know? You'd think you'd see it. If you could rock out on the guitar. You'd be like, wow, he's that's he's feeling the spirit. No?
3: no. Nope. Well, it didn't take long. I guess the story goes at the beginning. These are his first few shows playing the guitar. His dad was just happy that he wasn't in trouble because he had gotten into some trouble. They had a trip out to Hollywood, him and three of his buddies. And they ended up doing a dine and dash, which I got to admit, I've done that. I hate to admit that I have dined and dashed, but when I was That's a young terrible. teenager, you get an adrenaline rush out of it. You go to Denny's at two o'clock in the morning and you and your buddies get up and you bail on so bill. So
4: he got in trouble and they sent him to live with his auntie and his uncle in Bel Air? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, that was good.
3: <laughs> he, he got into some real trouble, I guess, on the way back though. Ooh. They went to Hollywood, they robbed a couple places, and then on their way back, they had car trouble. And a guy pulls up to help Charles Berry. And uh, they intimidate the guy and they end up stealing his car and push their own car. Ends up having to do some jail time. Then, when he got out of jail, to keep himself out of trouble, he just practiced that guitar. He played the guitar all the time. Sure. And uh, his dad was just happy at the time that he wasn't in jail. So So that's when I go back to the original story of he had playing the devil's music. His dad eventually accepted it and was like, you know what, you're pretty good and you make people pretty happy playing that guitar and singing your songs. So the church accepted him. So that's great. This is a redemption story. I love Yes. It. That's awesome. Yes. And uh, so Chuck Berry didn't have to, uh, you know, he didn't have to steal to get the bag anymore. He could play his guitar and nice. write songs and, and make music. When I started reading about this guy, I could see why he's an angry man. He grew up in a time where you oh, yeah. know they didn't they didn't treat people with his color right, for sure. Lynchings, I mean this guy had a chip on his shoulder.
4: I would've probably too. I think anybody would. Mm-hmm.
3: But everybody loved him. Everybody that the British invasion, the way I the way I read the story is the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, they learned how to play rock and roll from this guy right here, Chuck Berry.
4: Great person to learn from. Yep.
3: And he's been covered by like everybody. Oh yeah.
4: He's rocking the guitar right there. This song's called Carol. It's about a boy who must learn to dance or risk losing Carol to other men.
1: You know what that means, don't you?
4: Gotta learn how to dance. You gotta learn how to dance. Do you love me? (laughs) (laughs) Do
0: you love me? That (laughs) is
4: true, though. Ladies want a guy who can dance.
3: Oh, he did that duck walk. You know that famous move. The
4: duck walk. Now explain to me exactly. This is when you make one leg go dead and you drag it.
3: Yeah, one leg is kind of d- dead uh, and hops. So you're, if you're right foot like me, you'd be on your right foot, but your left foot kicks out and kind of as you pop, it kicks. You yeah. see Michael J. Fox. Maybe you're more familiar with his moves than seeing Chuck Berry. Sure. In the movie, Michael J. Fox does the move. They call it the duck hop where he, he has the guitar and he gets down almost to the ground with his butt and he just like kicks his foot and it, you, can, you can see it. If you go see any Chuck Berry uh, well, footage... I see him
4: in the position right here. It's a paused video, but I can tell he's about to do it in this video that's paused right here of the song.
3: They call it the duck walk.
4: He was probably doing it all the way to his 80s, too.
3: Oh, yeah, where he lived yeah. in be 90 He
0: would do it sometimes. Like We would go see him at uh, Blueberry Hill, and occasionally he would do it, but he wouldn't do it like all the time. He would still rock out, though. It was great. So I can say that I actually got a chance to see him like four times, I think.
5: A woo a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kinda like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
3: Nice. Yeah. You and I'm sure there was a lot of dancing going on. Did you dance? Maybe.
0: Uh, nah, we just party. But It was dancing there for sure, cause Blueberry Hill is not like it's not a big spot, but it's like a real intimate spot. It's really neat, and uh,
4: you just go in there and you can dance, you can do whatever, you know. You're chilling, you know. So this this song is one that they talk about quite a bit in referencing this album, Maybelline.
3: Maybelline. Yep, this was the first single. I do have a story behind this song. This is when uh, Charles Berry. He went to meet Leon, uh, Leon Chess, who was the owner of Chess Records. He played a song on a recorder. He wouldn't play his guitar because he said he was a little embarrassed or, or like, anxious to play a guitar in front of strangers is what Chuck says. But he plays this old song called, I think, Ida Mae. It's like a country song. And plays it as, like, a demo for this record label guy. And the guy's like, you know what, kid? I like what you're doing. He's like, but that song you're playing, it just doesn't have good lyrics you need to go and you need to write some lyrics charles about what the kids are into go go write a song for me come back in a week and play it for me same beat this because this is the same beat to this Ida a song that he played for him but change the words it's got to be new it's got to be hip so he wrote this song maybelline went back there a week later said he recorded four songs in six hours nice. at chess records and after he recorded them Old Leon, who ran Chess Records, signed him to a contract. There you go. In Chicago. And Maybelline is the song that kicked it all off for him.
4: See, it's nice that he took the took the instruction, the executive production from that guy and went ahead and made the changes and came back and it took off. Sometimes yep. people would be like, ah, I'm not going to do that. It's my stuff. And then go home and then nothing ever happens. Yeah.
3: True. That's one of the things I don't think that Chuck Berry he, he got credit for it back in the day, but people in our generation they don't really give him the credit. He wrote so many great songs that other artists would perform. Like the Beatles made some of his songs yep. popular. That the Stones one. made uh, other the songs uh, popular that he wrote. Elvis same way. They were all taking his lyrics. movie. Yep.
1: Like it didn't just like it wasn't just one area. It was like people from all different genres were taking these songs and, and remaking them
4: and that's what made us want to come and listen to this album because people were all the people who other people were referencing were referencing this album
3: yeah well what we've been doing i think on this show is we're, we're digging you know we we grew up most of us late 70s 80s as young children 90s teenagers and and so forth well we so we our parents were into the Stones and the Beatles and these types of bands. I don't know about you guys. Yes. Those were the bands time. my parents were into. What about you, Ray? Um, uh, my parents were more into like Motown. All right, and we did the Temptations Definitely. last week yep. in the sixties. Yep. This is even before the yeah, Temptations. Right, right, right. This what is about completely. you, Memphis? What did your parents what were they playing in the house when you were growing up?
0: Uh, some Motown, but it was more like Stacks. Stacks, uh records, you know, Al Green's, you know, they had the blues. You had, we had a little, little bit of everything in the house. Well, we listened you know. to a
1: lot of Spanish music, too. Yeah. You know, my dad was from the island, so,
3: you know. Well, we grew up with our parents, me, liking a lot of rock and roll. And then you find out that these legendary rockers, like the Beatles and the Stones who are credited with the British invasion and bringing rock and roll to America. It's like, well, rock and roll was already in America. Sure. With Chuck Berry. And I think he took that a little personal from the videos I've watched. He played a trick on Joe... uh, The the guitar player for Aerosmith. I think his name's Joe Perry. Joe Perry. Pretty sure. Joe Perry's playing some event with him at the Hall of Fame. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is like uh, asking them all to play. And so... He asked, "Well, what key are we gonna play in?" They're like, "I don't know. No, nobody would tell him." And he's like, "Well, I guess they're just seeing if I can pick up on what key they're playing." And he said it was a bad performance because he was changing. Chuck was changing the keys on him all the time, just to, just to like mess with him. Like, <laughs> And and then at the end of the at the end of the show, uh, Joe's like, "Hey man, what what key were we playing in?" He's like, "We were playing in the Chuck key, which means." I'm going to play in whatever key I want to. And it was really like a, a, a dig. And, and Chuck even admitted it. It's like, hey, well, these, yeah, these, he these likes- guys thought they would come over and take rock and roll from me. And, and then you look at some of the racism and the way that he yeah. was pushed down. I could see where you would get that chip on your shoulder. These Elvis is getting all the big shows in, in the movies. People yeah. are looking at the Stones and the Beatles. I, yet they credit me for what they do but I can't get where they are. I can right. see where you'd get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. a lot of artists said that back in the day. Ray Charles, Little Richard, particularly Little Richard, because yeah, you know, he, he, he was very open about it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of artists were, you know, they had these, these white artists will get just blown up off of, like, our music. And it's like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? So I'm glad Chuck Berry did that. He's like, oh, you think you little fucker gonna come in? I'm gonna just I'm gonna dust you in front of national, in front of everybody. So you got to play my key. That's how I suppose.
4: I guess that current does kind of work both ways because there is a huge white audience in America, right? America is like, what is it, 90% Caucasian back then. Now it's a mix of everybody because a lot of people have come here since then. But back then it was like 90% Caucasian, about 10% African-American. So when the, the white community started to pick up on your music, they if they blew it up they look, they put shine on it but then at the same time it was like they kind of took it away because they had their own artists and then when those artists took off that's what they went to but at least those artists did uh, give them their flowers and now he's definitely getting
3: them well another thing that he did for a generation is they used to have a rope that was across the gymnasium the black kids you dance over here the white kids dance over here at the at, at, the, at the at the at the dances segregated sock hops and uh this music that Chuck Berry is making the stuff we're hearing right now this one right here Johnny oh, Be Good yeah this, this is getting the white kids to dance and the guy that put him on we're all DJs, so you got to respect the DJ yep Alan Feed he had a radio show on the East Coast he introduced Chuck Berry to white people he he also did a little payola on Chuck Berry. There's a story about uh, this song right here where there's three names that are on the, uh, that get the writing credits for these. It's like Chuck Berry and two other guys. Well, one of the guys he's, he had never heard of. So he, he goes to this DJ that played his song on the radio and put him on for all these people to start buying his records. And he's like, who, who is this? What is his name on here? I don't know who this guy is. He's like, oh, it's payola. This guy, he bet on you, and so he gets he gets writing credits on your album because he gets paid, and that's kind of the way things worked. And I know it even worked when I was in the industry in the '90s, late '90s and early 2000s. There was payola, a but I had, it. I had never heard of yeah. someone though getting their name on writing credits and getting paid just because you're giving a DJ money.
0: Right. I'm sitting as you're sitting there telling this story. I'm sitting there thinking like, how does that work? Like, I don't see how that happened. That's that's crazy. What? Payola? No, I I know all about Payola. I ain't talking about the the writing
3: credit. Well, that's the deal that these DJs would make. Like, if you're if you want me to play this record and you want me to get it introduced to all these people, well, then my guy's going to have to get taken care of because he's going to get some money and then it's going to trickle down to me, to the DJ. And then almost like you're, you're betting on the sales, like uh, this, this guy, I, maybe they're, these guys are putting up some money for the label to help cover some mm. of the expenses. And so they say to themselves, well, I, I'll give you this money, but I'm going to have to get some points on the record. You're going to have to put my name with writing credits. But Paolo was, everybody was doing that kind of stuff back then. You know, it was still you, legal back then. Using the artists and then having multiple people get paid on it. Sweet. And nope. and the artist just being thankful that they're playing <laughs> the music and making the money. If you
0: knew the things I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> different I, different, I, different podcasts. Ah, different podcasts. Yeah. But
3: back to the story of the the rope at the gymnasiums when they'd have the sock hops. This music right here. Got the white people listening to it, and then they would look at their parents and be like, why? I, I love Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry's black. Why Why do you have a problem with Chuck ba- Berry? You've worked hard
6: for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement.
3: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. VGW Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Mm-hmm.
3: Like he he makes this music that makes me feel so good. Like Johnny, be good. uh wh- what's your problem? Like they they it really this guy Chuck Berry. You could credit him with breaking down social barriers between white and black people. I sure, just think you mu- really I think music- I just
4: think music is so powerful.
3: Oh uh, yeah, hundred no percent. No music,
4: absolutely. no barriers broken down.
3: Yes. Before before Chuck Berry. White kids and black kids did not dance together. This is the music that got played on the radio, the power of radio back then. Radio could not be segregated. When you pushed the button, they couldn't control you in your car. What, what color music you're listening to? Well, when the white kids got a chance to listen to something other than orchestra music and stuff they heard at church, this stuff makes me move. Gene Simmons from Kiss said that This was the first music that made him wanna dance.
4: I told you what that was like being restricted from music growing up. I was restricted from music growing up. So when I got to the music, I was like, yeah. Wait, you were restricted from music. Oh, of course. Mom was not having me listen to certain kinds of music. And back then you didn't have all these things you could put in your ears to disappear. If you were lucky, if you had a Walkman. Growing up, growing up. I mean, I didn't have the money always for a Walkman every now and I then. I you. had one and it would break and that was it. No more I Walkman. You. I feel you. No, so no, 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 so yeah. there was no way to hide what you were listening to. They had the stereo. It was their stereo. Yeah. And they would always pull that shit. My stereo. You're not playing that shit on my stereo. But well, what did you listen to or have to listen to? Uh, just kind of like to whatever she would allow-, allow me to have or buy me, you know. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot of awesome stuff yet growing Were up. you
3: allowed to listen to Thriller?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every really kid know. should be allowed yeah, to listen to yeah, yeah. Thriller. Well, was that like, was uh, Things got loose in the 80s. Things got looser in the 80s. But growing yeah. up, growing up, younger, I didn't... About, yeah. Like, growing up, younger, like, till I was 70s. about 80, t- till I was about eight years old, I really didn't hear too much awesome music. Damn. I know. That's so awesome. when you do finally hear it, you're like, yeah. And now I'm a DJ, and I love it. I mean, music is everything.
3: Lucky for me, my dad was a DJ, so he... So- He always had records around the house of all kinds of music.
4: Well, see, I remember starting to go to my mom's friends' parties where they would smoke their marijuana and come out of the room coughing and blowing it around. And then I heard this music. First music was like a Steve Miller band that just blew my fucking mind. I'm like, what are these sounds coming out of this shit? Mm -hmm. (laughs) With the rock, and I was just like...
0: Did you did you He's ever feel like ain't that a bitch? She can listen to this shit and get high, but I can't
4: hear this shit.
3: Yeah, kind of hypocritical. I mean, yeah. I hate to be disrespectful. Well, I mean, he to your was Ill. not being disrespectful.
4: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's not have rights. That's today. just how I remember it. You know, I know the music was around, but I don't remember it being like I didn't have an access to this kind of music all the time at a very young young age. That yeah, sucks. yeah. He obviously wasn't
3: old enough to start smoking pot for another two or, three or buy years. my own stereo system. Let's hear from Chuck Berry himself. Uh, Here he is talking about music that inspired him when he was young.
1: A lot of it leads into the uh, uh, way that the music came about and mom and dad singing in the choir and all the choir rehearsals at home and uh, sort of uh, became a routine thing around our house, music. Well, like I say, I, I would say the church, the Baptist church and the hymns that they, you know, Because uh, we sang in harmony around home, and and it really was instilled in me at a very, very young age.
3: Started at church with his parents. Mm -hmm. Again,
4: church. I think just church is like all about you got to really get up in front of people and really let it go because the you people really are, do. the people who are at church they're really feeling it and they're they're getting it so if you get up there timid you're just not gonna it's not gonna work yeah, you got to bring it
1: One, and I think the good thing about uh, starting in a church let's say and particularly for an artist is you learn how to perform in front of people and the people you're learning to perform in front of. Aren't gonna
4: They're good audience. Break your soul They're a good audience Yeah 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 They're oh, gonna They're gonna don't know what on. church you go to Cause well, well,
1: But <laughs> <type of laughs> I'm, I'm saying I But, know that, but you know Okay maybe, maybe today But I'm talking back then Like I'm pretty sure, like people were pretty, especially if he was a young kid going up oh, there and seeing it. Yeah, the in the 30s, and, you know, that oh, was yeah, it was a neighborhood church. Like most of the people that went to your church were probably family members and you know
0: not, 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 cousins, not, not cousins so. and
1: you know people that because a lot of families live closer together. Yeah, I know in, in the those 80s times. and
0: 90s, shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm talking way back in the Even 50s. Even today,
0: I, I ain't been, I haven't been to church in, I don't know, the last <laughs> time I've been to church.
1: I think the last time I went to church was my cousin's wedding, a year after mine.
4: Yeah, I'm, I don't remember. I, last I'm time searching, I've been to church. I'm searching through Chuck Berry facts, and I see one of your faves here. How much was Chuck Berry worth when he died?
3: Yeah, talk to us. I don't know. I don't know. Anybody want to guess? I'll guess. You guys could guess first because I think I know.
4: I'm gonna go. Cheers. Ten million. You saw it. I didn't see it. I, he nailed it.
3: No, it's, I, 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 I read it was 50 million when he died. I'm
4: looking right here, it says 10 million. What's Chuck your Merrick? source? Well, Google. So, like, <laughs> right when you go <laughs> Duh. Right when you go up to Google, it has that thing where it says people ask, and it has, like, four questions. Oh, a lot yeah. of the time, I'll just get an answer from there, and it has, like, uh, kind of, like.
3: My, my Google is conflicting with your Google. What does it now, say, is that liquid? Is that liquid? Mine or? says the night before, many St. Louis area bars held a mass toast at 10 p.m. in, in Chuck Berry's honor. One of Barry's attorneys Estimated that his estate Was worth $50 50, Including oh. $17 million In music rights Barry's music publishing Accounted for $13 million Of the estate's value hmm. He also had some real estate I mean there, there was this place called uh, It actually started out As a great idea And it turned bad But Chuck Barry had this uh, Barry Park he called it Uh oh And it was outside of St. Louis But it was kind of In the country a little bit Do you ever go? No, this is
4: rollover Beethoven. Another one, one of, of his great songs. It's
3: awesome. But uh, he started this park really for uh, for families to come to and enjoy. It was the very first guitar pool, like a, a guitar shaped pool. You know how the hard rock will have the guitar shaped mm-hmm. hotel. Sure, this is a guitar shaped pool at this place. Okay, I'm fine. And it was open for the families to come camp out, and they would do some concerts and things there. Well. We heard something about the Stones having problems with these biker gangs being security. Remember the show we did on the Stones when they had the... What's the name of that famous biker band? Or biker band. The Uh, Hells Angels. Hells Angels. Angels. Angels, They had a stranglehold on security at these parties. I'm reading about this stuff. Well, at one of these parties at Barry Park, they had an artist that was supposed to play. And he was going to be the headliner. And he didn't get paid by the promoter, so he left. Well, they had to make an announcement. You, you've been at concerts where it's like, hey, Madonna's late or what, well, you know. So-and-so ain't coming. Lil Wayne ain't showing up. Yeah, you know? we're in Fort Myers. That's happened a bunch of times. So this happened at Barry Park where an artist didn't want to play because he wasn't getting paid. And so the Hells Angels started <laughs> busting shit loose and it got out of control there. To where people got hurt and uh, it was it was a bad scene. Nothing to do with Chuck. But then not long after that, they found out that there were some cameras in the bathrooms. Oh. Peep. They put cameras in the bathrooms and some people were alleging that they were trying to film women in the bathroom. Crop shots. Yes. Then another thing happened that this actually got him in trouble. This got Chuck in trouble later in his life. He had a young girl, a prostitute, that said she was 21. And he brought her to work at the park. Well, come to find out, she was only like 15 years old, and he got put in jail for that. 14. She was 14. Was she only 14? Yep. She was young, but she told him that she was 21, and so he went to jail for a while, but then when he came back, it was like he came out of jail, and people didn't care. People wanted to still jam out to Chuck Berry. And back back then, you could kind of hide stuff like that. Not like now where the internet and everybody could type in everything you've done.
4: So that's why years later, we see the video we saw the other day.
3: Oh, yeah. You saw oh, a video oh, of yes.
4: Chuck. Chuck. was uh, Chuck, was, Chuck was, was doing something dirty to some poor lady. <laughs>
3: uh, well, she, was a, she was a prostitute as well. It seemed like he, he liked to uh, have fun with white women. And one person close to him said that that chip on his shoulder... He would like to go out and show the white people, like, watch me. I'm going to take your white women. Like, I saw that on the documentary, that well, Chuck, sure. Chuck liked to grab him a white woman to show him what I could do. <laughs> and, uh,
4: and, well, and, and it helps that they're very attractive.
3: And what, what was a little crazy to me is that his wife and his children, which I appreciate the fact that they stood by the guy, and they said that when he would come home, he was Charles. Chuck Berry was a different person. Like that was a different When he was away from the house I don't know. He was different When he was home The documentary I watched That's his son explaining it I'm sure. We never met Chuck Berry they said Chuck Berry never came to the house But Charles was, was their dad And when he was around he was the dad But when he was out on the road He was out on the road
0: That's how you separate the two.
3: And he he stayed married to his wife. She was at his funeral, and she was in this documentary, and she even said it herself. That motherfucker never pissed on me. She's like, every time he came home, he was good to me, and he was good to my kids, and he was good to me. What he did on the road, he did on the road, and she was okay with it. So it's like, hey, Chuck, do your thing, Chuck Berry. Think about
1: it. While he was out on the road doing all the crazy fuck shit, like... She was at home enjoying all the spoils and the riches that he was attaining. You know sure, what I'm saying? Like, sure. why would she care? Like, she got to, you know, raise her kids the way she wanted to. That's pretty.
4: Yeah, as long as you can look at it like that, that is I the mean, way to look I'm at sure it. I'm sure that's how she did. Like, what could she? What else could she do about
6: it?
1: It's hey, so a rocking. Divorce wasn't a really a thing till
3: the mid '80s. This it, is
6: around and around.
3: It was a different time. Different it was. time.
6: It really was. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
5: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
5: Ah. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No by law, 18 plus, and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: They do say, I'm reading here, Maybelline took them 36 takes, but the other three songs that they knocked out, they banged them right out. So Maybelline <laughs> took him thirty six days
1: Just like a just like he did him prostitute white women. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> big inspirations for. Hey, this next one's for
4: you. Hey, Pedro. Hey, Pedro. see, he had
1: love. Bro. He had love for the you brown have people. To go to the
3: world to get the They say he would play the guitar like a piano. You know how Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard, how they like slam, slam, slam the keys? Yeah, slam, right. slam, slam, slam. Like he would do that with the guitar. You like hear that almost like crashing on keys. Na, 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 na. And, yeah. and he, he would even say that to him, it was much easier to crash the keys on a, on a string than to crash them on a piano. Hmm. And... You know, he had his own style, almost taking that piano style and bringing it to the guitar.
4: Yeah, I love it when he when he does the shit that goes like that I was, really that was a whole new sound. I love that. Uh, you usually get a strum sound or a... from a guitar, but he just he was nailing those notes just like you know in a
1: almost in them eighths. Yeah. The eighth notes. Yeah.
4: Hey, That's hard I... to do
1: with a guitar. Uh,
4: they even immortalize it, of course, in Back to the Future when he's like, uh, hey, Chuck, you looking for that new sound? I think I found it. And he's playing his, yeah. his song. That well, that band, made right?
1: that, yeah, yeah, that made that famous again. Like That's wow.
4: his song he's playing.
3: Yeah, that introduced a lot of people in the 80s to that song. And there is one conflict, though, with that scene. We'll tell. We'll do tell. It was 1955 at the dance. And the Gibson 355 didn't come out until 1958. Oh, the guitar. So Michael J. Fox was playing a Gibson 355, which uh, didn't come out for about three more years. So they were able to make the DeLorean go back into the future, and they were somehow able to make a Gibson 355.
4: He might have brought it with him. Transport
3: back three years. (laughs)
4: Boom! Internet. How troll. do you know that for
1: sure? I mean, like, can you tell by, like, the guitar? You can like, tell yeah.
4: by the guitar the and, and the ear that it came out. on the internet out, can you. clearly tell. Oh, I think that's us. We are the oh, okay. well, well, you guys
1: <laughs> know guitars that well. I, I don't. So, like... For like the average Joe, I'm sure they had no fucking clue, what, you know what that was. But oh. that's very interesting.
4: My neighbor makes, so he moved away, but he made guitars, and he was like really? a one a master guitar maker. There's a name for it, but might be master guitar maker. But anyways, that's one name. They know every. He know, he could look at a guitar man from across the street and tell you the make, the model, that's of the fucking, year came that's out. Awesome. I'm sure
3: that's incredible. There's also these legendary stories when you talk about Chuck Berry's gear. He played on the Gibson guitar the classic blues gibson guitar the 350 and the 355 as it as it evolved with the way he played but when you talk about his instruments he really didn't tour with the band from everything i've researched he would make sure that he had a rider where the band had to be a part of this afm the american federation of musicians they had to be a part of this group of people a union is what it was and I like it. they had to check all these boxes. And the deal was, most of the shows he was playing back then, he wanted nine thousand dollars in cash in a brown paper bag, and he wanted the amp to be set up right. And he, he needed. He would travel with his guitar, but the band had to be able to stay in the pocket. And he would find them if his amp didn't sound right, or the drummer couldn't stay in the pocket. He would find them. And all the promoters in this video I Damn. watched, they joked around. The old story is. He would ask for $9,000 in a brown paper bag, but the promoter knew bring 10. He's really $10,000 cash money in a brown paper bag because Chuck's going to tell you that you didn't dial in this amp right, and and this this guy played out of the pocket, and this guy ain't playing in key. So Chuck had a way about him, man, this guy. He had a fire inside of him, and he... He kind of had that bravado attitude, but people didn't fuck with Chuck because he was Chuck Berry. Now, is that what what happened at that
4: concert after with the Hells Angels and then Chuck Berry came in and saved the day because they didn't want to mess with Chuck?
3: Well, from what I read about that, Chuck didn't have a whole lot to do with it. He had great intentions for that park to be somewhere where you could bring your kids to swim. You could camp out. You could put on concerts. He was really an innovator when you think about it. I mean, think about it. I'm opening up a park in the early 1960s, mid-1960s for children to come swim at. He also opened up a teen club. I don't yeah, know if Memphis Jackson, buddy. if Memphis knows about this or not, but his music translated with teenagers and young kids, pop, rock and roll. Well, he, he opened up. Once he became famous and he had a couple hit records, he went back to St. Louis and opened up his own... He o- opened up his own teen club, which was very popular in uh, in St. Louis back in in, the, in those days. Was that,
1: I bet it was a lot like
3: American Bandstand. It was called something like that, Bandstand. Blueberry Hill. No, well, that, that was another thing. That was a band that he had. He called them but Blueberry no, the, the Bill. The place
0: you're talking about is well, called Blueberry Hill. Well, that's the
3: record, Hill. fellas. That's the record.
0: It is. Yeah, the, wow. the, place, the place you're talking about is called Blueberry Hill.
4: That last song was called Blues for Hawaiians.
0: He had a
3: teen club, though, called something Bandstand.
0: American bandstand. That was that was that was gone. That here it is. It's early. called. It was, was called Club
3: way. Bandstand on Grand Avenue. The teenage club. That's yeah, what I'm reading the, right here. On the north side. A teenage club. The yeah. teenage club. A teenage club.
0: Yeah. Well, he's from don't the north side of again. the city, so it makes sense to put one over by where he was.
3: Those those oldies like, records, man. The
0: it's funk, man. Look, we dealt. We delved in on that one. That was cool. Yeah. Chuck Berry, man. St. Louis is on. Um, represent, man innovative
1: yeah. with that guitar
3: man he just amazing sounds great so clean yeah and the and the fact that he played at the white house for multiple presidents the guy lived to 90 he influenced so many people and really took blues music jazz music soul music and intertwined them into rock and roll as we know today Amazing! Awesome. I became a huge fan of uh, Chuck's after uh, learning more about him. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of Dem Vinyl Boys. We're brought to you by Factor Meals. I know everybody wants to... I got some Factor Meals in the fridge if you guys are hungry.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. I'll heat them up. They'll be ready
3: two minutes or less. Delicious. And they come packed with protein, and they're never frozen, always fresh. Go to our link and save 50% on your next order. It is Factor Meals slash vinyl because we are the vinyl boys the name kind of works out it's factormeals.com slash vinyl we are them vinyl boys keep the needle in the groove and keep it groovy baby until next time we'll see ya thank you for listening
4: have fun y'all